0: Welcome to the How to Find and Keep a Gay Man podcast. I'm Matt Baes, your host, with Matt Heinker, your co-host. And we're here to provide bitchy wisdom for the gay man looking for love. There are a lot of gay men out there looking for a meaningful love experience, and we are here to help. You can follow How to Find and Keep a Gay Man on Instagram and TikTok, where you'll find all sorts of bitchy wisdom about what it's going to take to find and keep a gay man. Welcome. We're glad you're here.
1: got my crocheted cardigan on this afternoon. Oh, Something a little, yes. little special for
0: y'all. Well, listen, it's very cold. Listen, I, know. I, I didn't tell you this, but last time, I don't know if you remember last time we were recording, I got up to go get a coffee. And when I was doing my editing, there was about 30 seconds of you like checking everything and looking at yourself in the camera and straightening your necklace and get your titties right. And it was so enjoyable. And Matt, I was like, "Oh, he has forgotten that this is recording." Clearly, oh my! On how to find and keep a gay man, Whew. we are talking about body, yadi yadi, part two. Part two. BFF or frenemy? Self love
1: or self loathe? Mmm. Yes. So we're gonna get into it. You know, this is such a huge topic in our community that we really wanted to make sure that we thoroughly covered it. This can be, you know, pretty huge barrier in your own growth and your own development in being ready to find and keep your gay man. So, you know, for part one, we thought um, just to kind of follow up on that, we thought it would be really helpful to hear about a personal story that someone has had in this area of their lives in our community, especially given the work that he does specifically with um, helping people with weight management and just body and self esteem issues. So, we again thank Nando for coming on board with us last week and sharing his story and his work. But this week, I think what we wanted to do is maybe get into some of the more specific areas that we mentioned or introduced last week uh, in more detail so we can fully unpack um, the impact that things around this, uh, the body-ody-ody have um, in preventing us from being all we can be and in turn finding and keeping our game in, right?
0: Yeah. And with the depth of the issue that this is in our community and how far it ripples out and how deeply it ripples within us, Hang with us on this one. Do not shut this one off. Listen in and uh, consider some of the things that we're going to talk about because we're going to go deeper on this stuff.
1: Absolutely. So gay men have body issues, period. (laughs) Most of us. (laughs) And we I mentioned a few stats last week to really introduce, you know, why we're having this conversation. Um, Just piggybacking on that, I found some more that kind of stack on top of it that are a little bit simpler, but further illustrate this point. So the Center for Relationship Health, based on a recent study, found that 84% approximately of gay men nationally report having intense pressure to have a good body. Gay men are three times more likely than straight men to have body issues. One in three fitness club members reported symptoms of dysmorphia or body weight dissatisfaction, 70% of those polled in this in this study had some form or were on their way to some sort of, of eating disorder. And only 1%, I thought this was interesting, only 1% of over 2,000 gay men polled stated they were very happy or content with their appearance. 1%. That's 20 people. 20 people out of 2,000 plus. So again, you said the depth of this issue That's an understatement. It's a pervasive issue. And the study said, embedded into gay culture's social construct are three toxic things, objectification, comparison, and ageism. So, and one participant reported, you would think that gay men would be natural allies for each other and lift each other up in this area of our lives, but this is simply not happening in our community. Uh,
0: Not if we're competing with each other.
1: Exactly. Exactly. So... That study, it kind of breaks your heart when you really unpack all that that says, you know, about what we're dealing with in in relation to body issue in our community.
0: Well, because I think most of those people that would hear these statistics would think, I don't want to be a part of this. I don't want to be part of the problem. I want to be part of the solution. But then we step outside of just this moment in time where we're hearing this information or having a discussion with somebody. And we go right back to the same old behavior patterns.
1: They're so we have to talk.
0: They are. They are mm-hmm. embedded. And as I've said before, it's not just taking in the information. It's creating uh, new behavior patterns and actually deciding to do something about them with some level of intensity and mm-hmm. uh, consistency to begin to exactly. change those old behavior patterns and to establish something new.
1: And that specifically is something we're going to unpack later in the podcast. How do we mm-hmm. change or move in a direction away from this countercultural ideas, but very necessary ones? Yeah. Yeah.
0: And we have a, a portion where we're going to talk about how, which I'm going to address some of that. And then we're also, I want to get into the why. Sure. For me personally, I always find it helpful to figure out why am I doing this or where is this coming from? Because mm-hmm. there's the how, this is how it's living out in my life. But the why is kind of what helps me figure out how to stop. Sure. Because I know what, what I'm fighting against and I'm not what I always say is symptoms.
1: So we know that this problem persists. We see these really kind of chilling statistics around it. You know, every time we research this issue, what are your thoughts on some of the why?
0: Oh, God, Matt, I think some of the why goes back to who we are at our core has not been celebrated. Mm -hmm. I think we've spent so much time fighting against people in order to take up the space that we deserve. Yeah, You know that you you can't have those fights consistently in your life without it chipping away and eroding your self-worth. It's very easy, especially as kids. It starts when we're teenagers to start to believe that we have to earn. You talked about that earning a place at the table. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So along those lines, I mean, that tracks with my story just perfectly. I mean, I shared a little bit last week, but I grew up in a hyper masculine home. One of three boys. That was one thing. But also, I was so different. They didn't know what to do with me. And so talk about not being celebrated. I think that I just always felt like I was over here in the shadow trying to prove my worth in some way. And so for you, it was an addiction. For me, it was definitely an eating disorders and body issues and um, you know, things in this direction. So who I was, I never felt celebrated. I never felt very seen. But I love that you said celebrated. I definitely never felt celebrated. And Mm -hmm. that came out sideways in my life in this area, you know, and Mm -hmm. had some devastating effects for many years.
0: Yeah. Is everybody's experience different on that? What do you think? What are the other two, three, four ways that that happens?
1: This has been a lifelong battle for me, because the roots are so deep, and they started so early for me. So I think Mm -hmm. that's one thing. But I think uh, the other part of it is, I think there's a lot of people that don't ever think about this until they come out and they're solidly living their lives in the gay community. And when you get into the gay community, they give you, you know, in the welcome box, you said in the welcome box is a tank top poppers, several other things, <laughs> but also in the welcome box is the tag you wear around your neck with your attractiveness rating next to your age. And in this environment, you very quickly learn that you are, are, to your point earlier, in competition with everyone around you. And you will be judged, you will be graded, and you will be very closely evaluated by those around you. It's just something that's embedded into our culture. And I think it's toxic. You know. Yeah, yeah. How many people have you met that say, I I wish we could uplift each other, but we don't? I think that's why. I think that's a huge part of why.
0: Well, in discussions like this, once you hear this information, you can't unhear it. And you have to begin the process to work towards something different and better, because the only other alternative is that you don't, and then one day you really feel a complete lack of self worth based on your age or mm-hmm. your looks that your looks aren't what they used to be. That's There's right. only so much plastic surgery we can get, only so <laughs> much fillers we can do to our, our face, you know, <laughs> yeah, and we can't turn back the calendar so Tell me when we get there, or as we're getting there, that there's something more to grasp onto. There are better handlebars than beauty yeah, absolutely. and fitness.
1: And part of the why for me, you're saying why. I think for the next generation, not only us, but the next generation, a huge part of the why does this persist is because of social media. We touched on this very briefly last week. The American Psychological Association did a, a study that just wrapped in February of 23, so very, very recent. And they did a study of several thousand undergraduate students. Half of the group was asked to use social media as they you know, just always did. And the other half was asked to limit it, their social media exposure and usage to 60 minutes per day. And there was a four week study. At the, big, at the beginning of the four week study, these people were asked, to rate themselves, there was a questionnaire of a self-rating scale on weight, body image, overall confidence in your personal appearance. And after only four weeks, the study saw a significant improvement in the, the group that kept it to 60 minutes a day in how they felt about their weight, overall appearance compared to their peers who maintained consistent levels of social media use. So people that just kept on doing what they always do, no change. People that had a fraction of the exposure to social media that they did, the previous month saw a significant improvement in how they felt about their appearance and overall body image. So that just shows you how incredibly powerful Instagram specifically is, particularly for gay men in telling us what we need to look like to have worth.
0: Yeah. There was a day that we used to just compare ourselves to our neighbors.
1: The Joneses. Right. They got this car. I
0: should probably up the ante or their kids going to private school. Now it's like we're comparing ourselves with Marcus, who lives in L.A. that we've never met before that has 65,000
1: followers. Absolutely. Yes. Right. Yeah, Yes. Or Feliz in Lisbon, who's a model in Spain. You know, like it's (laughs) I mean, it's it's a web of the most beautiful people on the planet, the half a percent. And we are constantly being exposed to those images. And it has an effect on how we feel about ourselves.
0: Yeah. Okay. so. I do want to get into comparison.
1: Please, let's go there.
0: Because that's kind of what this is leading into. So let's talk about comparison. What I would say is measuring your insides with someone's outsides or comparing our worst day with someone's best day. This is social media stuff, right? Sure. Or our bodies with the idealized body that we have in our mind. This is what social media can do. And it's no one's job to fix it for us. Period. (laughs) It's our job. So if you've subscribed to Instagram sites that make you feel bad about yourself, sometimes the answer isn't to just get stronger, just suck it up and realize what's real, right? Or feel like it shouldn't matter. Sometimes the answer is to unsubscribe or unfollow. If you Mm -hmm. can't handle seeing all of that, that doesn't make you weak. It makes you human. Sure. Right. So if you know it's a problem, it actually takes courage, in my opinion, to make a choice for yourself and unsubscribe to those shirtless boys with perfect abs and a nice big bulge. If that is (laughs) exacerbating
1: this self-worth issue, it's not worth it. So choose you. Well, and can we decide together to not give those people power by following them? We are sending a message by following these people that this is what we value. This is what we want to see every day. And maybe we just need to really understand that we want to look at other things.
0: Yes. Okay. But Matt, the one thing in there that I want to be careful of is that we never make it about them. If I'm following them, I don't care what's happening with them. I have to keep this about me. This has to be about me solving this problem first.
1: Makes total sense. You said it, first of all, it's our responsibility. I totally agree with that. Yeah. I just think that why do we collectively have all these thirst traps we follow on Instagram? It's a pretty normal thing. Why is that culturally just what we do? And even for the person who hasn't had body issues
0: before, it's an enticing thing.
1: I'll just mention one more thing that I thought was interesting by the Library of Medicine. They also did a study of over 1,500 uh, gay males aged 15 to 35. And they found that the participants, regardless of their current BMI weight, anything like that, regardless of that, the participants with the highest level of body dissatisfaction, eating disorder, prevalence and depression were those that had the highest levels of social media exposure. So, again, we're just seeing direct lines. So to your point, I think that when we're thinking about the why, well, social media is a huge part of the why. So I think is the best practice, regardless of who you are, where you're at in your journey. The best practice, you limit your exposure to social media. It can't yeah. be just all the time and whenever. And then, second of all, even though it's enticing to look at all the thirst traps, what's that doing inside of your head? You know? Yeah. Is that serving you? So we said we're human.
0: No. <laughs> Part of being human is being jealous, wanting things other people don't have. I've seen it for years. You know, no. people have things that others don't. That's just life. Ab ah, boy. <laughs> Maybe he's not great at relationships, but his yeah. body is fire. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So or if a successful business boy has more money than God, but also might have a debilitating chronic illness or the dude that isn't the brightest guy in the world might actually be really good at relationships and have a shit ton of friends. Right. Okay. So we never know the person that seems to have it all. Great partner, money, success, a great job might struggle with clinical depression. I mean, this is life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When we start comparing and expecting to have it all is where we have problems. Some people have things that we don't, and we mm-hmm. have to get in a place of acceptance for who we are, for yeah. the natural gifts and abilities that we have, whatever those are. And learn to be satisfied and grateful with those things. Otherwise, we start wanting and the social media exacerbates that because it shows you things that you don't have this vacation. You don't Mm -hmm. have it. And then you're pissed about it. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And you start focusing on it. It's a problem.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Well, the the article that I started out with that, you know, they said the three things that are embedded, the three toxic things, objectification, which is social media comparison and her ugly sister jealousy. So just what you just said, when we compare the ugly sister jealousy pops up, you know, yeah, and that is when. We're in a place where we're not healthy enough to uplift each other. Yeah. It's a cyclical, horrible thing that we've got to stop.
0: And that not lifting each other up, it's such a problem. Like Mm -hmm. I've walked into rooms or a gay bar or whatever, and you just get looked ankles to head. And it's not because somebody thinks you're cute. It's because it's like, who the fuck is that? I mean, you just feel a chilly reception at times instead of just a welcoming. I'm just not going to be that guy. won't do it. I promise. I'm going to be the person that welcomes you in and mm-hmm. you know wants to get to know you or whatever. Our predecessors, they've handed some beautiful things down to us uh, <laughs> by way of fighting for rights. Thank you. Mm -hmm. And now we have this social media craze, and I feel like it's our job to hand down to the younger people a sense of self-worth where you don't feel like you have to be beautiful for the rest of your life. And please tell me that that's not first on your list to be that. Listen, if you're cute and you're 22 and you're really good looking, that can be as much of a struggle as it is a blessing.
1: Yeah, absolutely. The end. (laughs) Well, if if you're drop-dead gorgeous in 23, no one really wants to get to know you. They just want their hands on you. That could be another issue as well. So before
0: we move (laughs) on from this, I want to say this one thing because, you know, all our mamas or somebody in our life always told us life wasn't fair and we still say it, right? Mm -hmm. But in the throes of comparison, (laughs) you know, it all feels unfair. How come somebody gets this and I didn't get this, you know, but here's the way I look at it. And I mean this. I don't even mean this to be a sad story. It's just true. I didn't get a dad. Mm -hmm. Wish I had a dad that loved me, that championed me, and that understood me. I didn't get that. Also, Mm -hmm. I got an addiction. I started drinking. I had no idea, but that's what happened to me. But Mm -hmm. also, I got an amazing mom, and I have a naturally positive outlook on life. It's not hard for me to find the silver lining. Yeah, We have to play the cards that we're dealt. We all have pain, right? We all have pain Mm -hmm. and we all have love and we have to do our best to tackle the pain and accept the love, Mm -hmm. right? Absolutely. And and the sooner we accept this reality, the sooner we can stop the comparison project and get on with our life, not
1: theirs. The end. Absolutely. And, and coming to terms with the cards that you've been dealt, that helps you start to begin a process of accepting yourself on deeper levels, celebrating the things about you that you love. Like you had a great mom, you naturally find the silver lining in life, all the gifts that you have been given, which are significant.
0: I'm going to put you on the spot. What is a card that you've been dealt that you do not like, but that you have learned to accept or are in the process of learning to
1: accept? Oh, there are several. But I think the first one that comes to mind for me, you say that I'm a naturally gregarious and confident person. I think that's true for the most part. But as an Enneagram 8, the commander, we can be way too strict and harsh and too much. And so in my relationships, I have to be careful not to bulldoze my partner. I have to be careful not to bulldoze or be too harsh or strict with my kids. I have to be careful, especially when I'm in work mode to temper my natural response with one that's gonna be diplomatic and appropriate to HR. And I don't like that about myself, but that's something I am always working to redirect and get healthier, if that makes sense. Yeah. I also have been given thick boy German genes and it's a lot of work for me to stay in shape. It just is. And I've really, really struggled with that at different points in my life. I'm getting to a healthier place now, but it's a journey. But I have to get to a point where I love myself not just in spite of that i love that about me as well that's what i'm working on right now and i've talked about the dialogue of self-love that was so important for me in getting healthier in a lot of areas of my life as i was coming out but one thing that i found this week uh, that was really spoke directly to that i thought was interesting and just work with me real quick it's, it's a little bit technical but it's really good information so it's okay rras reticular activating system so The Center for Disease Control actually published this work on it. But if you Google RAS or stuff all over the place, it's really interesting. MindMotivationCoaching.com also did a recent study on this that was really helpful. But basically, it's a bundle of nerves at the base of your brainstem. And its function is to act as a filter between your conscious and subconscious mind. This filter only allows what is of interest to your conscious mind to filter through. So basically, we become what we think about. What are you saying to yourself? The science tells us that if you say, I'm fat, I hate my body, I don't feel beautiful, no one finds me attractive. Those negative thoughts are filtered through your RAS and your attention and subconscious mind will continue to focus on these negative thoughts and feelings, drawing more of that out of your everyday and bringing more of it into your conscious and your reality. So you're manifesting these things to be true when you think about them all the time. So I really think that, you know, that really is the more technical version of dialogue of self-love. So how do we correct that? The best way is to rewrite these bad feelings exactly opposite. I am beautiful. I'm a thick boy, but I love my body. I have a great butt. My body's beautiful. I exercise from a place of self-love. I eat. I nourish myself from a place of self-love. And we repeat those things to ourselves over and over again, because what we focus on We get more of wherever our attention goes. It says our energy flows. So becoming deeply aware of what do I want? What do I want to experience? How do I want to feel about myself, about my life? Write it down, put energy and passion into it. Talk about it with other people because your RAS is always working, creating new grooves and thought patterns, and it is never at rest. So you're manifesting this reality when you're repeating these messages to yourself and others. And that is the more scientific <laughs> breakdown of the dialogue of self-love. But we really do have to have a practice around this. For me in this area, I've got to do a lot of dialogue of self-love in, in the body department. But this really works for all of the areas of your life. I can't find a date. I'm undateable or nothing good ever happens to me or I get mistreated and no opportunity has come my way. So us as gay men, as we're on our journey to become mm. healthy old people, this works in every area. You've got to think about what you want. How do you want to feel? And over time, those little rocks in the river form tributaries that move in a different direction. And it changes our thought patterns. And then it changes our reality because we start to walk in that reality as we create Mm -hmm. it through this practice. Thoughts
0: on that? Oh, I think it's beautiful. In many ways, we can't rewrite the story that we've lived, but we can begin to rewrite the story that we're living. So I really love the illustration of the tributaries setting down different rocks until you kind of change the direction to head another way. I think it takes a lot of work and I don't know that that work is ever completely done. But what I do know from my own experience is that you shift directions and change those patterns and when they crop up again in your life. You recognize those voices that are not going to help me. I mean, you're quick to say, oh, hold on, hold on. No, we've changed that story. That's an old tape. I recognize that old tape. This is what's actually true.
1: And hopefully you've redirected the water enough away from that direction that it doesn't have the weight that it used to when it does pop up. Oh, we're over here now. We're flowing in this direction. Yeah. So it doesn't take the amount of work that it once did to redirect that thought when it pops up, hopefully. I had
0: a therapist once uh, talk to me, was asking me, what is the lie? What is the lie that you've believed? Mm -hmm. And when I would state the lie, sometimes when I would say it, I just knew it was a lie. Like you mentioned being undateable. Like, I just feel like I'm undateable. It's like, okay, what's the truth? Mm -hmm. Just speaking the truth to that lie. It's Mm -hmm. like you just have to sometimes tell yourself what reality is instead of sending these messages over and over. I think that's why people meditate to clear out the shit. I'm just not going to carry this throughout my day and throughout my life because it makes me feel bad about myself.
1: Write down what is true. Meditate on it.
0: Yeah. When I just asked you, uh, what is one of the cards that you were dealt that you didn't love? that you are learning to work on. Mm -hmm. One of mine was, I was not a good student. You know, it was ADD, nobody was diagnosing or fixing that, or the medications weren't really there or certainly not as accessible as they are today. School was just, it was always a bear for me, but I was personable and I can make friends. But (laughs) Matt, I graduated high school with a 1.9 and I knew I wasn't dumb, but I couldn't do the book work. So here I am now, I've written, six books. <laughs> I have had a successful career, but this has always been a thought in my head. This is a card that I was dealt. Mm-hmm. I have to work harder. I have to read everything two or three times before I understand it. It's just what I have to do. And mm-hmm. I could totally say it's not fair. And I have felt that very thing sometimes, mm-hmm. but that's not getting me fucking anywhere. Mm-hmm. I just can't stay there. Because Mm -hmm. I've got shit to do that I really want to do. So this is the card. It's not changing. Mm -hmm. Too bad, so sad. (laughs) that's life honey because i also have some good things so i know i've come back to this comparison thing i just Mm -hmm. i wish i could reach through people's computer screens and just get onto their instagram and look at all the beautiful boys people that are struggling with this body and just start unfollowing no honey i'd be (laughs) like i'm your life we are unfollowing we are all of them because it's not good for you
1: i unfollowed two people before today's podcast I was like, I've got to practice what I preach. I think that's a huge part of it. I really do. Yeah. So ways to improve our body image, ways to move forward in this direction, dealing with the cards that you've been dealt, getting coming to terms with them, dialogue of self-love, RAS therapy. In uh, recoverywarriors.com gave us a little breakdown that said seven ways for gay men to have a better body image. I thought this was kind of interesting. Curious your thoughts on this. The first one, number one, Deal with underlying body issues in therapy. Maybe you were made fun of growing up, bullying, history of eating disorders, etc. Things that are b- way below the surface and deep-rooted get professional mental health. So get a damn therapist. That's our cornerstone message. I think that's a pretty easy one. And second backs up what we were just talking about. Change negative self-talk to positive and loving self-talk. RIS therapy, dialogue of self-love, mm-hmm. you meditating on what is true. Write it down and think about it every day. Love that. Third, I'd be curious to hear what you would say about this, Matt. Get in touch with your inner self and spiritual side. I'm a whole person growing in confidence, wisdom, and life experience every day. I am growing as a person of depth and character. This is part of what makes me beautiful. What are your thoughts on that? (laughs) (laughs) I I just asked you that because you always say that you you talk about that a lot.
0: The day you came out your mother's hoo-ha. (laughs) you had everything that you needed. Yeah. You were a fully formed, fully functioning, fully worthy, fully loved and acceptable human being. Nothing Mm -hmm. needed to be added. Nothing needed to be taken away. Mm -hmm. You came here and you were already enough.
1: Love
0: that. That's just the way it is. That's (laughs) just the way it is. So, we can get that back. And it's worth working toward. Matt, if I'm being just completely honest, some of the self-talk like you are worthy, you are this, I struggle with that. I don't always feel that. That doesn't always work for me. Mm -hmm. But if I can't find a way to make it work, I think I have to sit with a therapist and ask, what are some other ways to get there? That doesn't work for me. And one of the things that has worked for me because I'm a writer is writing. Sure, If I can write down my thoughts and feelings, that helps me to get sort of to the root and be able to find the culprit for whatever's ailing me. But some of the positive self-talk that works for some people, those daily affirmations work. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: you have to figure out what it is
1: that works for you. For sure. Yeah. And I think you need to get, I mean, those are really kind of basic examples. I think that these affirmations need to be very personal. So whether you're writing them down in your practice or I'm repeating them, writing them down and repeating them in mind or meditating on them, I think they have to be meaningful and very specific to you and who you are. You know, I think that's a big part of it as well.
0: One of the things that has worked for me with the fact that I was not a good student, is not telling myself this affirmation, well, you just have to work harder than others. That's not what I say, but I do repeat over in my head, you're a hard worker.
1: Yeah, I love that.
0: You know, That's a different way of coming at it that for me has worked.
1: Love it. Number four, dress for yourself, not others. Wear clothing that is comfortable and tailored to your style and needs, and wear only what makes you feel good. Love that. BKA, tight. Tied as <laughs> Number five, keep an attitude of gratitude. There's always so much to be thankful for. Be aware of wonderful things in your life and give thanks. This is a practice that you hold sacred.
0: Oh, gratitude? Mm-hmm. All the time. I just went on this trip with my mom and Chris's mom. We were like the golden girls, the four of us. <laughs> His mom, my mom, 80, 82, and me and Chris. We had the best time. A mm-hmm. lot of gratitude in the room. And it's one yeah. of the things that I've learned from my mom is being grateful. It's not hard for me to come by, but it's something that I practice a lot. Chris would tell you how many times I say thank you to him, how many times I tell him how wonderful and good he is to me. Every single day, I do it. Yeah. And I think it does something to your brain.
1: It does. You, know? you said one time, I looked at my beautiful home and my husband one day and said, whoever is responsible for this, the universe, God, whoever... I'm grateful. Thank you. I love that. Yeah. You're able to appreciate the beautiful things in your life. And that, that's one thing that really keeps you centered and grounded. I love that. Yeah. Number six, help others. As gay men, we have to remove the deep self-focus. Self-pity lives in the home of poor body image. Okay. Say that again. Self-pity lives. Self-pity lives in the home of poor body image. Oh, damn. Okay. That's going to preach now. Remove your thoughts from yourself long enough to help others. It boosts your self-esteem and you have a greater appreciation for yourself when you help others, focus on others, show up for someone else, stop thinking about yourself all the time. Help somebody else.
0: You know, in the rooms of recovery, if somebody just can't get over themselves, their sponsor will just put them to work. They're like, what should I do? And they're like, make coffee show up and make coffee they're like right but that's not going to fix the like oh no it will actually make coffee serve make co- hold the door for other people when they're coming and you think it's stupid they start that small and they're mm. like i don't want to talk about your problems just hold the damn door <laughs> <laughs> like that kind of stuff used to make me crazy and now it's like i've watched people who are still holding the door 10 years later and their whole outlook on life not because of that one thing but because they're trying to teach you You do things for others. You do things outside of yourself. Gives you less time to sit on the couch and wallow
1: in your own babyhood. Absolutely. Last week, Nando said, I'm not going to be able to help other people if I'm worried about what my body and hair look like all the time. And I Mm -hmm. love that. I mean, I think that that's something we got to think about.
0: But can we talk about his hair? Because it felt aggressive toward me. (laughs) I was mad at his hair.
1: (laughs) Listen, we all have our gifts. We can't compare, okay? This Full circle. Is true. This Full is circle great. moment. <laughs> yeah. Number seven, get rid of people, places, and things that are holding you back from having a positive body image. Clear out anyone and anything that is preventing you from being your best self. Surround yourself with people who complement who you are and who you want to become and get rid of those that do not. Yep. Love that. Yeah. Who do you want to be like? Who Hang out with him. Like? Hang out with him
0: and her and they. Okay. Yes, that's good. Well, we did
1: this shit, didn't we? We did. (laughs) Well, literally, I was telling you this a little bit earlier before we started recording this. I am not even kidding. This has been a lifelong journey, this area for me specifically. And even in prepping for this and reading this material and like thinking about how to move forward better and different, Mm -hmm. it really has helped me in my journey. I literally unfollowed some thirst trap boys that I, I don't even know why I follow them. I just unfollowed them today. To your point, they're not villains. They're not bad people. They're doing their thing, living their best lives. I don't need that in front of me, you know? I am going to get to deeper levels of self-love and also get to deeper levels of maturity where I don't focus on that so much of the time because there's so many other things to focus on. Yeah.
0: And regarding this issue, Matt, as I said earlier, I don't want to gloss over that. You unfollowing those things is not because you're too weak to handle it. You unfollow because you're strong enough and have enough awareness to know what it is that you need and you're choosing yourself.
1: I'm choosing myself. And those boys, they can't help it, but they whisper in my ear, you got to do more. You got to work harder. And I don't need that. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. This issue, I just, I don't want the boys thinking
0: that this is all that they have to offer or feeling like they better get it together or they'll never find someone. Because if you find someone based on your beauty, you're in trouble.
1: Okay, I think that's a really good thought to kind of wrap this thing up. I love what you just said. If you find someone who wants you just for your beauty, you're in trouble. That's absolutely true.
0: Say that again because it sounded like you said booty,
1: <laughs> which would also be true.
0: <laughs>
1: if, you, if you find someone that wants to be with you because of your beauty, because of your looks, because of your body, you're headed for danger, girl. That is not a sustainable path. So we have to get out of the patterns that have led us down a road where that's the main criteria and who we date or connect with. It has to be deeper than that for the relationship to sustain a long period of time. But it also has to be deeper than that for someone to really know and love you for who you are, because the relationship will never be sustainable, what it could be deep, meaningful and authentic if you don't get all the way there. And that's what you have to focus on and finding Mm -hmm. and keeping your gay man. That beautiful love connection. Looks are important, but they're a small piece of the pile, things considered. We have to be very aware of that, you know? I love that. You got some prayer time for us, Reverend? Reverend who? Reverend Silken, nutmeg Thank you. (laughs) Well,
0: Matt, this is a little prayer I like to call... The Comparison Project. Nine days before my life completely blew up, which for me was divorce, losing my job, losing nearly all of my friends. I was standing on the sidelines at an Indianapolis Colts football game. Confetti and excitement were in the air while I posted live videos of spelt young athletes. On social media, my life appeared to be beautiful and privileged, but in the locker room of my life, I was a broken and closeted gay man. Even as my outside world projected a life of joy and harmony, my inside world was crumbling. This is how it goes. One post, one photo at a time, we compare our average day with someone else's best day, with no idea what's actually happening in their life, and then we base our self-worth on an incredibly imbalanced ratio. But let's talk about body oddy body. In the mires of comparison, it's so easy to get stuck and lose heart, and then out of emotional erosion settle for what we think we deserve. We look in the mirror and make decisions about what we deserve based on what we see, but we deserve it all, sweetheart, no matter what. If there is love within us, we deserve it all. So when it looks as if someone else has more or is more than you, rest easy, my dear, because they will never be you, because you are one of a kind. (laughs) We may not all have the same amount of money, fame, opportunities, or the same metabolism, abs, or juicy ass, but love, love is measured equally between us. We just have to find our portion. But how? How is that possible, you might think? I keep trying to find my portion, but continually come up empty-handed. Listen, all of this is a process. So here's what you do. You keep coming back. Keep listening, my love. It's all here. And with work, a good therapist, and the support of this community at How to Find and Keep a Gay Man, you will figure this out. Cross my heart.
1: Amen? Amen. And amen. (laughs) Another beautiful prayer. Thank you so much. Body, body, part one and two. I hope we covered the ground well enough for the children. Hope they got something out of this. I certainly did. Me too. And until next time, live in rivers of self-love. Yes,
0: living. (laughs) One, two, three, four. That's it for us today. For more bitchy wisdom, follow How to Find and Keep a Gay Man on Instagram and TikTok at, you guessed it, How to Find and Keep a Gay Man. And until we meet again, get a therapist, don't be an asshole, protect yourself, call your mom, and remember that you deserve a meaningful love. Bye!